Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Kevin Johnson program. This is episode 16. And of course, I am your host, Kevin Johnson. And you can find this on SoundCloud, Anchor, and Google Play under the Kevin Johnson program. We'd like to thank you so much for listening. And at this time, I'd like to introduce my guest. I'd like to welcome Mr. Johan Ramses to the program. Thank you so much, Johan, for uh, coming on. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Kevin. Appreciate it. Of course. Um, so just a bit of a connection. I know Johan through a mutual friend by the name of James Carey. James Carey uh, has collaborated with my performance company, Conundrum Stages, for the past eight years. And Johan came along because Johan was James's former student in high school, high school theater. And then Johan actually participated in a reading that we did, actually a couple of readings that we've done. Uh, One of them was the the eight reindeer monologues by Jeff Good. And then of course, uh, he participated in a uh, piece that James wrote as well. But the reason why I wanted to interview Johan is because not only does he have acting experience, which you know comes along with what his trade is, uh, Johan is a professional wrestler. So I've been listening to a lot of wrestling pro, uh, podcasts and looking at wrestling programs, and I thought it'd be interesting to have Johan on because he works in the independent market for professional wrestling. So, um, just a brief background, Johan. Where are you originally from? I'm originally, I was born in, in Cuba. Okay. Uh, and I've been, but I came to the States maybe when I was about seven years old. I've been living in Miami ever since. Okay. All right. And how did you get involved in the acting part? Well, with acting, it was actually. <laughs> It was uh, me being a lazy student. Uh, they put me, they put me in in theater class in high school, and there was a, an assignment where we had to present, we had to write our own monologues and present them. Okay. And I didn't do it. So when I got called up, I just went up there and I, I, I presented a poem I had done years before, just off memory and and. Once I got on that stage and the reception, and you become addicted to that, you become addicted to that feeling. Of course. And and that's and then that's where my love for acting came from. Okay. All right. And um, if you don't mind me asking, what high school did you graduate from again? Hi, Miami Lake. Okay. Okay. And James was your teacher all four years. Uh, he the last two years, my junior and senior year. That's when I met him. Okay. And of course, meeting him, that launched my 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 love of acting to another level because, as you know, he's brilliant. Right. So he, he made me look at it from a different perspective. He made me uh, second second uh, question my myself, my decision, my choices on stage, uh, how to be natural, how to how to uh, really present yourself. Of course. And. Where did, um, now, while you were in high school, were you involved in sports as well? No, not at all. Uh, I was actually, I was really just a shy theater kid. I, I was never in sports. I, growing up, I was never any good at any sports, which is, considering what I do now, it's, it's pretty ironic, but I couldn't, I could, as a Cuban, I was always ashamed. I couldn't play baseball. I was terrible at it. Uh, couldn't play soccer. I couldn't do anything. So I, I, I never gravitated towards, towards sports. Plus, the, the, the group of people that sports brings with, with it, 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 it just, it didn't click with me. It didn't resonate with me. Okay. So I never, never played any sports growing up at all. Interesting. I was always athletic. I was always athletic, but I never formally did anything with it until wrestling. Okay. Now, how did you get involved in the professional wrestling scene? Well, I was always a fan of it since I was a little kid. Me and my grandfather used to watch it together. And one day, I attend 
a WWE Raw show at the American Airlines Arena. And it was something that I, I always had in the back of my mind, like, oh, I want to try wrestling one day, I want to try wrestling, but I never did anything about it. Until that show, I go back to my car, and there is a flyer for a wrestling school just put right there. I was like, ah, I guess this is a sign. But me being lazy, of course, don't call it. So I lose the flyer. Mm. About two weeks later, I'm cleaning out my room, and I the flyer, it flies out out of my closet. Mm-hmm. And then my girlfriend at the time forced me to call. Because I, I was always talking about it, not doing anything. And then I called. And they said, come on over so you can see, you can see, you know, how the training is and all that. And then I thought, as a fan, I was super thrilled because I was finally going to get to see how everything is done. And uh, I went and just out of one training session, I fell in love with it. I fell in love with doing it. I, was, I knew this is what I wanted to do. Mm. Just one time. I, I, I knew this, for me in general, this is what I, I want to do. So I decided... You know, it's a, it's a, you got to give it your all. It's a business that if you don't give it your all, it's not going to give you anything back. Right. So, now, how long were you in wrestling school before you actually got to your first match, your first public uh, match? I was, I actually was pretty quick on the draw. I actually, I was around two months. I had my first, my first uh, official match, which I got paid for. Uh, and... But I'm still training. I train every day. Okay. I, I, I believe that if, if you think you don't, you've learned everything, you need to stop doing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, so I, I train every day constantly. Constant, it's obsessive how much I train. Mm. I was going to ask you, like, when you're in school, although, of course, they work on your mat work and... Uh, they talk, I, I guess they talk about ring psychology, but where does the whole persona and acting, how, where does that come in? The, the persona itself, it, that came from, from acting. Mm-hmm. That, that, that was just carried over to me. That was, that was always the easiest part. The hardest part for me was the physical challenges of it. But uh, I knew when it came to the character, to cutting a promo, I knew that it was going to be simple for me because I've been doing it for four years on stage. Right. So that was very, I credit James with that because he's the one that really, again, he's the one that really taught me how to present, present myself and, 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 and do things in, in a way that most people don't look at it and present it that way. Mm-hmm. Now, are you working with one particular promotion or do you work with different promotions? I, do- I work, I work with uh, across the state. I work for ACW. I work. I've worked for NWA. Um, I've worked for CWE. So it's all these big promotions across the state. However, I do have a home promotion. It's called Fighting Evolution Wrestling (FEW). Okay. It's where it, it's my home promotion in the sense that it's my bookings. They they get first pick at me if I'm busy and I have a uh, FEW booking versus another booking. I'll cancel the other booking. And also, it's it's where I train. It's uh, their facility is amazing, and it's it's where I train. It's my own company, my parent company, so everything it, it's all over the place. But that's that's uh that's content work right there. Now, being an independent wrestler, how much of your ear is to the ground listening to major promotion news like WWE, like Ring of Honor, and and all those major promotions. Well, you have to stay up to date. See, wrestling is always changing. Uh, it's kind of like music. It's genres and styles go going in and out of fashion. So you have to stay current. You have to stay in cutting edge. You got to think outside the box sometimes. Sometimes you, you become a trendsetter. Other times you have to follow a trend in order to even get noticed. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, I, I, I keep my ear to the ground very closely for WWE, Ring of Honor, you know, Evolve, all those things. You have to. I have uh, many times of friends that have already been signed, and I, I, I can't see myself going another five years not being in WWE, so right. I'm, I'm, I'm charging for that. Okay. So 
how often do the talent scouts come out and see matches? Oh, very often. They you'll never know about it though. Okay. They they don't they don't present themselves. You don't, you don't even know they're scouting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've been at shows and some guy calls me in the back and it's like, hey, we want you to work for this company because I, I run this company. Well, so it's 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 a constant game of networking, marketing yourself. Um, the more places you are, the higher chances are you're gonna be seen. And once they're seen, even if even if they see you as uh, a product that's not ready, they'll keep an eye on you. Okay. You know, and they'll come back to you. So, so yeah, you get scouted very very often. And because how? It's, it's it's hard to find good wrestling. There's a lot of wrestling, and a lot of it is good in its own way, but properly good wrestling is very difficult to find. So even I, I scout, I scout other talents sometimes for my for FEW from the parent company. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll be, I'll be at a show that hey, this guy, this guy could be good in our roster, and I'll go talk to him and stuff like that. I mean, I'm not a, an official or anything like that, but you're constantly scouting and, and you're being scouted. Right. So. Let me uh, let me know about a specific spin- scenario, a specific scenario where you have a storyline and you're you're getting a guy over. Um, how does that all work? I mean, the, you you gotta have to find, I guess, find the right story, find the right tagline, and try to you know build up momentum so that the crowd can get interested. Now, does that work in independent as well as these major promotions? Yes. Uh, it's very difficult to to get storylines going in, in independent promotions, mostly because uh, most companies, they will run every other month. So if you do an angle uh, this week, you're going to have to wait another eight weeks Right, right. So you see how it can be, it can be, it can be fruitless. Uh, in my parent company, FEW, we do run angles because we run, we run uh, by monthly. Okay. So people have people have time to follow it. Also, we have a, a TV show in the Dominican Republic. Okay. We we, we shoot for TV. Uh, but so the thing with indie wrestling is because it's so hard to get a storyline going. You kind of just have to go out there and go for broke. You gotta have the best match you can, and within the match itself, there's a story being told, and that story is what captivates the audience. It's not about the news; it's the story being told. Right. And right now, are you a babyface or are you a heel at this moment? I right now I am transitioning from a heel to a babyface. Okay. I'm not. Not full blown good guy yet. Okay. But they're getting there. I see. They, it's yeah, it's it's time to freshen up. That's another thing. You gotta keep yourself fresh. And I've been a heel now for about two years straight. Okay. So you know you you, you kind of get bored. So it's it's time it's time now to do something new. I've been I've been a face before. I enjoy being a heel personally a lot more. Seems that way. You know, you Everyone loves to be the villain. The villain always gets uh, the more col- colorful, uh, the the more colorful draw than a than a than a like doe doughy baby face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, as a hero, you have so much freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, you you somebody you know they they tell you f off, you can come f off right back. Right. I, as a baby face, you're the good guy, so you can't. You can't really speak your mind that way, and half the time, I'm I'm in, I'm in these shows and I'm I'm really legitimately in a bad mood because I had to probably do a long drive. You know, you're stuck in a car for eight nine hours. It it drives you crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, may, then maybe things aren't going your way, and you're a heel. You can let, you can let that out. You can let that frustration out in the ring. Right. As a baby, you kind of it, it. To me, it's more creatively binding. Yeah, uh, it's still fun. It's definitely fun. You know, it, it's it's <laughs> just recently I started getting cheered again because I'm baby now, and I was I, I found it so strange people cheering for me for once. Ah, uh. 
it's a, it, but it's a good feeling. It's a, it's a lot of love. It's a good feeling. When you're going from state to state or territory to territory for um, for uh, a match, do you have to provide your own lodging and transportation? It really depends on the company. Um, right now, I'm, I'm at a point where it's provided for me sometimes. Okay. Uh, you know, the, the more noise you make, the more you can you can you can the more weight you can pull. Okay. The more demands you can make. When I when I was first starting out, when I started out in 2013, I was going broke because it was difficult. Number one, to get bookings. Then once I got it, I didn't have a ride. I didn't have a place to stay. You know, I've, every every uh, professional wrestler will tell you this. We sleep in our cars half the time. Mm. If we have to, we you know we'll pull over and, and sleep in our cars because. It's it's very it's not glamorous, you know. Uh, and sometimes you work for free. Mm-hmm. Some sometimes you 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 work a show just to get recognized, not necessarily to get paid. You know. Uh, just like any other artists. I'm sorry. Just like other artists, whether you're exactly. an, like an entertainer or it, whether you're a performer. It's it's the very good definition of starving artist. Mm-hmm. It's exactly that, except the difference between us and other artists is that we're wrecking our bodies right. to do it. Right. <laughs> you know. So, but it's the dream, man. It's 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 not a thing. It's another thing people approach this business with the wrong mentality. They approach wrestling with wrestling is something I do. It's not something you do. It's a lifestyle. You have to. It's something you live. Like I, I live it. I was in Daytona last night doing a show. I live it. It's not something I do on the weekends for fun. It's it's my job. Right. And then, yeah, of and course, in reference to like what you were saying before about using your body, of course, you are prone to injury. So have you gotten injured uh, since you've been doing this? And how much time does it take to recoup? I actually got in, I have gotten injured. I've been wrestling now for a little over four years. I've only gotten injured one time, severely, and that I broke a rib. Mm-hmm. And uh, that took me about three months to recuperate uh, because of bone. There's nothing you can do. You just gotta sit there and let it fix itself. Right. Uh, but minor injuries, I've gotten knocked out. I've uh, I've boost up, banged up, but nothing, nothing that, that keeps me in bed, no, thankfully, nothing that keeps me in bed, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and uh, a lot of times, you know, you work, a, you work a match, you get on the road to your next booking, immediately, right out, you know, so that's, that, that's where the sleeping in the cars come in, right, because you're not home, you, you, I, I went to my house for maybe three, four days out the week, wow, uh, you know, so sometimes you do a match and you're banged up, but you got you got to drive five hours to the next city to do your next match. It's you know it, it's a, it's a, it's bad because it's it's how a lot of guys become dependent on pain pills. Yeah, there's a big issue in wrestling with pain medication because the human body is not made to take this kind of punishment mm-hmm. every day. Right. So of course, you know these guys they they get they get hooked on these meds at first out of a need, and then it becomes uh, an addiction. So there's rap, rap, rampant use of of drugs in the business. It's it really is a lot of sex, sex, uh, drugs and rock and roll. <laughs> it really is a lot of that. Right. Uh, I'm one of the, I'm one of the good ones. I behave, uh, but I I'd be lying to you if. If I if I said I would I haven't been tempted with what the road brings. You know, you got your groupies. So there is such a thing as ring rats. Do they still call it ring rats? The ring rats. I stay away from the ring rats. (laughs) (laughs) That is really a thing. And you know, you're traveling with like four five guys. Uh, Men are gonna be men. Of course. So you know anybody like you you'll you'll do somebody a favor for an exchange or for food for a hotel for a place to stay, 
you know, the, the, the super fans. Mm-hmm. The fans freak me out, really. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm not very big on talking to fans after shows. Not because I don't like them, but because uh, there's something about being a fanatic when you have fans. It's weird because they see the finished product. They right. see you in all your glory. Of course. You you see yourself getting up every day at 5 in the morning, training hard, the sweat, you know, the blood, the tears, all that. So when somebody tells me I'm a fan of yours, I, I'm complimented, but at the same time, it's kind of like I'm just a guy, just like you. You know, but what are you going to do? Yeah, I just, uh, before uh, I got on this uh, recording, I was just... Uh, Look, looking at the uh, on YouTube, how certain wrestlers get approached by fans, and depending on how they're approached, is how they react to it. And then, of course, the yeah. fan gets all sour if the wrestler doesn't take a picture or sign an autograph. So, there's a debate there where, hey, you're in the public spotlight, this is what you ha- get. On the other yeah. side, it's like, well, they're people too. So they go yeah. through ups and downs just See, like other people do. And that's that's the fine line because you signed up for it. You, this is what you, what you do is going to gain notoriety. So the fame, all that, you sign up for that. But at the same time, as with anybody, you want your privacy. You want your alone time. Mm-hmm. Uh, personally, I, I don't get bothered by people coming up to me wanting to take pictures. Even if I'm having a bad day, uh, but I, some guys that I know, they 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 really they they don't like it. They don't like being, you know, uh, approached. And the way I see it, it's like, brother, you you're putting yourself out there. You, people are going to recognize you. You want people to recognize you. It's a good problem to have. Mm-hmm. The way I see it, it's a good problem to have. So, yeah. what has been the most extreme match you've ever been in you know you hear about these steel cage matches barbed wired fences and things like that street matches what was the most uh intense uh what was the most intense match you've ever been in yet oh man i can recall uh i did a tlc match in the middle of a road, oh. uh, there was barely a ring, <laughs> and uh, went through tables, went through chairs, uh, went through ladders. Uh, just last night, actually, uh, I, I put a guy through a wall. Through a wall? Uh, through a wall. <laughs> An actual wall. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, but you got to be smart about it. You know, you got to know what risk to take and what not. Because you want to do this for the long, the long one. Because right. it's not gonna, you're not gonna gain anything by doing it for just a little while. So you gotta, you gotta save up. So I, I personally, I wouldn't do a dangerous match if I didn't trust the guy. If I saw the guy drinking before my match, I wouldn't do the match with him. If I see him uh, smoking or anything that that could translate to me getting hurt because they're being careless. You know, I, 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 I'll decline the match. Um, but if it's somebody I, I know, I trust, or at least, at least I know that it's good, then we can go all out. Which basically runs into my question about partners. I mean, even though they're supposed to be your opponent, it's almost, it's like a dance. You have to have a yeah. partner and you have to trust your partner to make sure that you're not doing them any harm and they're not doing you any harm. So there's a there's a rule. The rule is it doesn't matter what happens outside of the ropes. In the ropes, you're brothers, and you gotta take care of each other. Um, you know, I've I've been in situations where me and my opponent don't like each other very well at all. But once we're in that ring, it's all professional. It's all it's all it's all business. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to fight somebody. You know, do it after the match, but not in the match. Never, right. never disgrace the art. Mm-hmm. The art of it, never disgrace it. So, yeah, sometimes you're going to get guys you don't like. Uh, 
you know, you, sometimes you're gonna have seen people literally fist fight, get in the ring, have a match, and then con- come to the back and keep fighting. <laughs> I've, I've seen that. It's it's hilarious. It's like wow. But that's that's the the the, the cold. Anybody who trains wrestlers, if they don't teach if they don't teach that to their students, then they're doing a wrong. Uh, uh, they're doing a bad job. Right. Because because it's wrestlers are just people, and mm-hmm. some of them are a little crazier than others. So you're not always gonna like everyone. Right. So don't take it out in the ring. Why? Because you take it out in the ring, it's a bad match. The people are paying to see that match. You know, you 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 gave yourself a bad night, and you gave your audience a bad night. So don't cheat yourself. I personally, I don't drink or anything before matches. After matches, sure, let's celebrate. Mm-hmm. But be, before match, no, because because if I wanted to, if I was careless or just an idiot, I could drop somebody on their head and right. break their neck. Yeah. You know, so I I treat people the way I like to be treated. Which is be safe. Of Don't course. Now speaking about personal lives, uh, does your promotion have a ladies' division? I'm sure. I'm sorry. What? Uh, does your promotion have a ladies' division? Yes. Yes, we have the SCW Flares division. Uh, right now, we don't have a champion. But they're doing a tournament right now to decide decide uh, who's going to be the new champ for the women's division. You know, women's wrestling is very hot right now. Uh-huh. And it's good, too, because a lot of those ladies, they can go. You know, and they they, they deserve the recognition. Of you know, course. For a long time, for a long time, female wrestling was a sexual attraction. Yeah. It was, you know, brawn pennies and... And all that, and but now they, they're they're treated as actual competitors the way they should be. So they're putting on you know five star matches. They're they're main eventing uh, uh, pay per views over the men sometimes. But I'm you know, sure that there's still stories about sexism and sexual harassment uh, that go on in the industry. It's not as prevalent now as say. Uh, the film industry or other forms of entertainment because of think, course go ahead I think it's just a minute I think I, I just think with the film industry somebody spoke up in the wrestling industry nobody has spoken up yet so there's no there's no uh, there's no basis on it right now but it does happen I see it all the time I get harassed and I'm a guy Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, it happens. But listen, anybody who decides to be a wrestler as an adult, it's not completely sane. So you're gonna have your your really wacky characters, and then you're gonna downright have your creeps and and people that should get called out but are not because they're they're in a position of power. Because unlike, unlike acting, you know or any other normal job, there's no union for us. Right. So so there's no set pay. There's so some sometimes you gotta kiss up to whoever's in charge. And mm-hmm. the person who's in charge may not be the greatest person on the planet. So so, so it, it, it go it goes on a lot. Women women get it very badly. Women women get it definitely the worst. I mean, they're in a locker room with 30 men. All of them are trying something. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's unnecessary because if she likes you, she'll be with you anyways. Right. You don't have, you know, leave her alone. She's trying to do her match. Of course, of course. But I'm sure that you have, since you're working in close proximity with the females, I'm sure that there is a lot of relationships that are built out of that. And then, of course, a yeah. lot of hurt hurt feelings if the relationship doesn't go as well. And then everybody hears about it. <laughs> yeah, see, and because of that, because I've seen it multiple times, I've seen relationships not go well, and then the professionalism side of it dies, which is always bad. 
I, I personally, I don't date in the business. Mm-hmm. I I just won't do it. I doesn't matter how much I like a girl, I won't date you. We can hang out, <laughs> but we're not dating because I I I would want a partner who's not in the business. Of course, be- because it keep it keeps me in perspective of what's real and what's just my world. You know. Right, right. But yeah, no, it, it happens all the time. I see, I see relationships go sour, and it, it happens all the time, all mm-hmm. the time. And so, were during your time uh, in the promotion, were you always a solo wrestler, or did you do any tag teaming, or were you part of any factions? Right now, I'm actually part of a faction and a tag team. The tag team is called PYT. It's a pretty young thing. Okay. And the faction is called Project Star Power. Um, basically, it's just four guys who are hungry, who really want this business, who want to succeed in this business. We go out there and take lazy days. We give our all every time we're out there, as you should. Um, and yeah, right now, so I'm doing a lot of tag teaming right now, which is fun. I've been tag team champion before uh, with one of the guys in the stable. Uh, it's just fun. Packing wrestling is probably perhaps my my favorite type of wrestling because you can do so much creatively. You can do so much with it. So, do they have tiers in independent wrestling as they do in these major promotions where you're either a jobber or here am I with the wrestling term lingo. <laughs> Either you're a jobber or you're mid card or you're the main event. Do they have those tiers in in the indies too? Yes. Uh, usually, my first year, my first year in the business, I was a jobber to everyone uh, because the the mentality is that in order to teach you how to win, you gotta learn how to lose. Uh, so for a long time I was a jobber, but eventually they would they start seeing your hard work. They give you all, you know, they were like, all right, you know what? Let's not job you all tonight. Let's see what you can do. And that's when you prove to them that you belong in the main event, that you belong in the mid card. You know. So right now I have a pretty cold, cozy position. I'm also a main event mid card guy. Okay. It's pretty fun. Uh, you know, I've been closing out a lot of shows in Daytona. Uh, go wrestle recently um, but I mean I'm involved in storylines on TV and VR so I, I can't complain you know the, the hard work is finally paying off like I'm, I'm just now four years in just now starting to see the fruits of my labor mm-hmm. now I guess you've heard about the event All In that was done in Chicago it was a joint venture between uh, Ring of Honor and New Japan and of course Cody Rhodes was um, was uh, the head of it as well as his uh, his compatriots in the Bullet Club and how they were able to sell out uh, this arena which I believe was 10,000 and there was a lot of naysayers uh, people saying that they couldn't do it however it sold out in almost minutes so does that give you inspiration to let the people of the upper echelons know that you, that independent wrestling can be a viable um, thing in the whole oh, wrestling scheme? Definitely, definitely. I think what those guys achieved, I think it's great for the business. Uh, I think it opens up it brings things to a new level, saying we're here, we, we, we can make a mark, we don't need a WWE or New Japan. And um, I think it's going to, in a long run, it's got to be really good for the business because now everybody wants to be all in. Right. Everybody wants to compete. And competition brings out the best in people. You know, uh, some would say WWE was at the height of its powers when it was competing against WCW. And, and that's what the business needs. The business, nobody's ever going to beat WWE, but the business needs something to bring it back to the nation. Because oh. it's, it's gone off the rails a little bit. 
Mm-hmm. People know about it, but it's not a cultural thing like like it was in the late nineties. Uh, but I know I think All In was, was a great show, great workers, and hopefully I'm I I'll be on All In too. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the hope. That's the that's the that's, goal. That's, that's the goal. That's the goal right now. So as far as revenue goes, does the wrestlers get a percentage of what is sold or how does your checks work out? Well, every company pays you differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless you basically got to be your own manager. You got to have it with them. Uh, uh, some guys demand, uh, you know, to have lodging. Other guys demand just to get your gas paid. And other guys work for free. Uh, so most of our money that we make, we actually make it off merchandise. Uh, t-shirts, photos. Uh, for wrestling itself, you know, I guess everybody picks you differently. Every company sees your work differently. So it's up to you. When this, we, we do it all. Mm-hmm. We sell the merch. You know, we, we sell the pictures. We do the matches. We, we do it all. you got to be your own manager. You gotta be. It's 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 like having a rock group, except it's just you. Right. You know, so it's it's really it's not a glamorous lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least not not at this level. Um, you know, so as far as money goes, there's a lot to be made. But however, because we don't have a union, there's nobody forcing you uh, forcing somebody to pay you a set amount. Understand? Mm-hmm. Right, and that's the problem. And in history, many people have tried to uh, yeah, put a union in wrestling, but the problem is WWE is so big and they have such a monopoly that they can just crush it. Mm. Because where else are you going to work? Right, if you decide to hold them hostage. Mm. Yeah, so not a glamorous lifestyle. Of course, a fun, a fun. It's fun. Yeah, it's really, it's really fun, but. Now, outside of wrestling, uh, I know that, of course, you worked with uh, James uh, with uh, his pieces, but are you uh, in the midst of pursuing any roles in theater or film, or is this, or is wrestling taking too much of your time right now? Man, I've, I've been wanting to get back into theater full-time, but the problem is it, it's one of those things where I I can only do so much. Right. Uh, you know, I think within the next month I won't be touring as much, so I'll have time. I mean, you know, I'll I'll audition for things. So I definitely want to get back into it. I love it. I love it. it's my first love. So mm-hmm. you know, I always come back to it. And those like readings that we do to me, those those are moments where I'm most alive, even hmm. more so than wrestling. Uh huh. I, I love it so much. Wrestling just fulfills my physical desire to be physical. Right. Yeah. But I, I love I love acting. I, I'm look I'm looking to back get back into it. Definitely. Um, something that um, we wanted to cover. Uh, it's a bit of a personal side, but. Of course, with going back to injuries and things, like for instance, with uh, the issue that Daniel Bryan had when he left WWE or when he retired, of course, he uh, retired due to head injuries. And of course, he spent two years going to different doctors and just uh, going, you know, trying to do uh, different uh, medicinal situations to get himself back to being right. uh, back in the ring again. And um, I saw, like myself, from uh, I, I noticed this like firsthand. Of course, you know, you also had your bouts with uh, with with seizures at the time. So, yes. like for instance. Um, when you're about to do a match, um, you know, of course, uh, do you approach your opponent and let them know, Hey, you know, this is what's happening. 
you know, try not to, you know, you know, let me zig and you zag. And, and of course, is there, I suppose my question is, is that, is there rehearsal beforehand before when you get into a match? I know so it's breaking when, kayfabe, but. Whenever you, you go into a match with a handicap, you should always let your opponent know. Uh, whether it be, hey, don't don't work my arm tonight because I hurt it yesterday. Mm-hmm. Anything like that, you know, even with the seizures, I tell them, I let them know if, if anything happens, chances are incredibly low, but if anything happens, don't freak out. You know, it's relaxed. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as head injury, I personally never had one. I, I know people that, that, that they've had it. However, the business is so much more safe right now uh, compared to 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and the business in general, not just WWE. WWE is the one that enforced it, but the business as a whole, we don't we don't take chair shots to the head anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, concussions, you know, uh, we saw what happened with Chris Noir. Right. Uh, we don't... I personally, my, my style of wrestling, I, I minimize my, the kicks or anything I'm taking to the head. I try to do as least as I can. Uh, you know, I've seen people get knocked out. I've seen people uh, do a drop kick and not get back up. You know, uh, we have some, actually, he, he got a concussion and he passed away in the ring. Wow. Uh, yeah, uh, so... So right, it's a lot safer now. It's way, way safer now. And also, uh, another thing, because some, some guys still want to, you know, take the chair shots. But if you're working like a hardcore match, I'll go up to the guy and be like, listen, don't hit me in the head. Mm-hmm. And you, 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 you set the ground rules beforehand. Right. Don't hit, you know, don't hit me in the head, I won't hit you in the head. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, we're definitely, the business as a whole is definitely, definitely getting better so much better when it comes to concussions and, and mental health and all these things. Um, but, but yeah, there's still, it's still a contact sport. So things are still going to happen. Right. Uh, but, um, you know, hopefully we'll never have another tragedy like with Chris and Yeah. Yeah. And me personally, I used to watch wrestling, of course, uh, in the eighties and nineties, you know, we all know about Hulk Hogan. We all know about uh, Andre the Giant. We know about Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, going right into the 90s with Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Stone Cold Steve Austin, rolling into the uh, the double aughts with uh, John Cena, Randy Orton, and those things. And then there was a moment where I stopped this was around the time when John Cena was just coming out, making his okay. WWE debut uh, with Kurt Angle. And then right. I think, um, I know Brock Lesnar was around that time as well. And then I want to say like fast forward uh, six, no, 14 years later, you've got this new bumper crop of wrestlers. You know, you've got Cody Rhodes doing his thing independently now. It's like he's almost like the standard. Once he left WWE and made a path on his own, now he's, you know, well known on the indie circuit and of course with the Ring of Honor. And then of course the whole thing with um, the WCW bust, which I did not necessarily know that was going to happen, but it kind of like exploded and then imploded. So Mm -hmm. I guess my question to you is um, who were the wrestlers that you watched? Who were the wrestlers that inspired you? Because of course I'm like half your age. (laughs) So I'm sure that you, you're, you Uh, followed wrestling. I think think we have some, some, some similar ones. Uh, Off top of my head, I can think of guys like, Eddie Guerrero, mm-hmm. uh, Shawn Michaels. Right. Which to me, Shawn Michaels to me is the best to ever do it. To me, nobody touches that man in the ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, Triple H, uh, uh, 
John Cena's work ethic. I think it's amazing. Right. Uh, and the new school guys that I like, I, I, I study and watch a lot. Like guys like Daniel Bryan, uh, which is actually when I first started, I modeled my whole move set after his. Okay. Um, when I did him, when the persona wasn't there yet, so I didn't know what I really wanted to be. He was a guy that got me. That I got convinced to go to wrestling school because of Daniel Bryan. Okay. So guys. Guys like that, Marty Jannetty, Shawn Michaels, um, The Undertaker, mm-hmm. I think it's amazing. Uh, you got your AJ Styles. Uh, so those those are the guys that I really, uh, I watch. And now old school, I watch a lot of uh, Macho Man. Uh, I watch a lot of uh, The Rockers, Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels when they were The Rockers. In the right, game. yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of Ric Flair, uh, or Anderson. So, like, a lot of these great, great workers. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm always studying. When I'm not wrestling, I'm watching wrestling. I'm, I don't just watch. I, I watch with a, a pen, a pen and a, a piece of paper because I'm studying. I, you, you watch. Sometimes you go and watch uh, things from the 80s and nobody does them anymore. And you bring them back. Yeah, of course. And all, all of a sudden, your moveset looks fresh because nobody has done this in so many years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I believe this. Michael Jackson quote: "He said, study the great and become greater.' I believe that a hundred percent. I want to study the best there is, just so I can get better. Hey, you know? that's the, that's always the goal. That's always the goal <laughs> in order to get better, improve yourself, and uh, I'm sure be a mentor to someone else who uh, you uh, sell to or who you want to get over. Um, it's funny because, like I said, I've been learning all these different terms, like listening yeah. to the behind the scenes with guys like um, uh, Jerry the King Lawler and Jim Cornette who have all these stories and uh, just learning all these uh, different terms about uh, uh, getting people over and shoots and works, and yeah. it's fascinating. It, it's it, it very it's it, very much fascinating. It's it's very much it, it's just like any other uh, facet of the entertainment business. It's entertainment. Yeah. So everything that happens, it when you watch a movie. The behind the scenes of that movie could be just as just as interesting as the movie itself. Right. So that's what it, that's what it's like when you start studying up. When I first discovered wrestling on this side of it, when when I started learning the terms and and the lingo and all that, I was so fascinated. Actually, I stopped watching wrestling for about five years, and it was actually the insider terms that got me back into it because I'm like, all right, I want to see how this works. Right. Uh, you know, so it's incredibly fascinating and. Now I'm a wrestler, <laughs> so kind of didn't know I was gonna end up here, but always knew I was gonna do something out there. I had a feeling. Of course. So just to wrap it up a bit, um, where I know that you said yourself that you find yourself or you want to find yourself in WWE, um, you know, in the next whatever, how many years, five or six years, how do you, how would you be able to keep your, uh, a part of yourself without actually losing yourself if you were able to go to a major promotion? Because of course, once you go to a major promotion, I'm sure a lot of things are going to change. Your look, your persona, think, your name. How do you keep right. that? How do you keep yourself grounded? Ah, uh, man, that's actually one of my fears is losing myself and and the whirlwind. Um, I I think the the only way to keep yourself grounded is to constantly know your student first. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and. Staying, you know, you, they, like you said, they change your name, they change the way you walk, all these things. You, you gotta be, you can't be stubborn. You gotta be open to change, especially when that change is paying you a lot of money. Uh huh. <laughs> right. Uh, so 
fear that. I, I fear getting to a place where I no longer recognize the person I, I was or the person I, I became. Uh, but I think if you do things out of love, and I love this, and I do it for love, if you do, you keep, your motivation stays the same. No matter the negative actions, everything will be okay. Mm -hmm. And what do you say to anyone who wants to do this? Or who, you know, want, who is interested in becoming a professional wrestler? What would be the first thing that you would tell them? interested in becoming a professional wrestler try it out give it one week because the training is brutal it's not easy it's a it's a thick skin kind of business uh if you cannot handle criticism if you cannot handle drama or basically you're not where you need to be get there get there first then get in the business because this business if you let it It'll leave you alive. I know people that have committed suicide because of this business. Uh, it's it's a wonderful, beautiful business, but at the same time, it has a dark underbelly. So I say, if you want to try it, just make sure it's for you. The first time I attended a wrestling class, the coach told me he would never see me again because he thought I was gonna quit. Uh, but. I decided that very moment it was for me. And you cannot decide within one moment after you do it if it's for you or not, then don't do it. Because you'll, you'll lose your time, you'll wreck your body, uh, and you'll ultimately take years out of your life for this. So it's something you, again, it's a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. It's not a thing. It's a lifestyle. You have to be able and willing to live the life. As demanding and miserable as it, it could, it can be sometimes. You gotta be able to handle that. You know, that oftentimes I find myself in the dumps and I think to myself, how can something so fun be so miserable all at the same time? Yeah. You know, and it's because it's a wild, wild west in wrestling. It's every man for himself. There's no union. There's no, there's no, uh, there's no medical insurance. Uh, so you got to be willing. And, and if you decide this is for you, go for it 100%. Don't leave anything at home. Go for it. No, no matter what people tell you, follow your dream. Great. Because it's about happiness. And if it makes you happy, you do it. Well, Johan, thank you so much for taking the time out to speak with me. And, um, you know, as you know, you always have a home with me. So whenever you uh, get off the road and uh, you need to pound the pavement, just let me know and uh, I'll definitely uh, throw some assignments your way. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. I, I will use that. <laughs> I will you up. I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. <laughs> And well, that was episode 16 of the Kevin Johnson program. Once again, thank you so much for listening. And you can find us on SoundCloud, Anchor, as well as Google Play. And we hope to see you at the next episode. Take care.